You're listening to the Cleveland Comedy Network. My name's Steve Guy, the host of Happy Hour with Steve Guy, where I get to sit down and interview people who are from Cleveland originally or doing very cool things in Cleveland. It's all part of the Cleveland Comedy Network, just like the show you're about to listen to. To keep up to date with all the podcasts coming to the network, go to clevelandcomedyfestival.com slash the network. Hey, welcome to 10 Cent Beer Life. Hey, welcome back to Tencent Beer Life. I'm your host, Kyle, as always, with my guys, Brian and Dave. What's up, guys? Hi, Kyle. There it is. What's up, guys? How was your Uh, weekend? It was pretty good. I was at at Hilarity's. uh, I got like a last-minute headlining spot, which was awesome. Uh, And then, so like the um, Shane Smith was supposed to headline on Thursday, and I had emailed Sam that day saying like, Hey, here are the days that I can't do. I'll take anything that you can give me other than that. And he gives me a bunch of days and then is like, well, we just lost our headliner. Are you interested? And I'm like, you want me to headline? He's like, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'll I'll do whatever I got to do. So, um, I feel on Thursday, it went great. And then Friday I had some shit that I like had to do and was already, I had already left the house and was heading there. And he hits me up again and is like, hey, can you do two more shows tonight? And I'm like, fuck, now I can't. So I had to turn down two headlining spots on Friday, too. And it would have been two Friday shows, which would have been incredible. So that kind of sucked. But then I featured for Matt Fulcher on the rest of the weekend. He's fucking hilarious. Full charge, dude. Dude, he is really fucking funny. I remember maybe I just wasn't paying attention when I opened for him years ago. But like I, he, was, he blew me away this, this weekend. He was really fucking funny. Yeah, that's John what... Brown did great too, except for you know, <laughs> he, he made one mistake. Um, so we uh, we had Raj come hang out, and uh, we got him a guest set. And so we're telling John, like, okay, it's gonna be you, then Raj, then Brian, then Fultron. And John is on stage. He wraps up, and I'm just you know kind of sitting there fucking around in the back. I've uh, I started like finding these like nicotine pouch things that I've been using instead of gum. Cause they're like some crazy sale. So I got one in my mouth, my glasses are on and everything. And he's like, your feature act is one of my favorites. And I'm like, Oh no, no. And, like he, he calls my name up and I had to like throw my glasses off. I run on stage. I still got this thing in my mouth. And like, I, I just had to like collect myself and do my 25 minutes with this thing as I keep having to, push it back down with my tongue the whole time. <laughs> Why don't you swallow it? After me. No, you I'm can't swallow those. Swallow it? I don't know. It's gum, right? No, no, this is not the gum. I, I've, I've been using the gum for a while now. You're supposed to wean yourself off of it. I have not. And uh, I, I found these pouches things. They're like little, like, I don't know if it's nicotine salts or whatever, but like at the gas station right now, it's a, they're a dollar each. So yeah. it's far cheaper than gum. So I've what, been using these. What number are you on? Four milligram. That's what I do with the gum. Yeah, my buddy was rocking the eights and then the sixes. I don't know if it goes that high, but I know he's been weaning himself down, and now he's down to the twos or whatever. 
I mean, yeah, like I I tried to weed myself lower on the gum and it just did not work. I was chewing so much of it. I was spitting out a piece, putting another one in, just chain chewing all day. <laughs> Can you just swap out regular gum? No, like this... it's no. You, I mean, like you, you do some nicotine. Are you addicted enough to where you take time off and your brain just goes fucking crazy? Uh, 60, 40. Depends. I don't know. I was a pack a day smoker when I smoked. I vaped constantly. I would do it in my sleep when I did that. And like now, <laughs> is that tasty, Kyle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, now that I'm on the gum, like I, I pretty much do that all day. That's so. A- like, if I take time off, like it's gonna drive me fucking bananas. Do your parents know you uh, smoked or whatever? Yeah. Okay. I lived there for a long time. <coughs> when you're um when I was helping you move, one of those lodgings and things fell out of your clothes and I picked it up. You're like Bob was sitting there. I was like, Oh, I dropped something and I picked it up and put it <laughs> in my pocket. It's still on my nightstand. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you you know you disclose to your relatives or whatever. No, yeah, I I disclose all of it. They they know about uh every illicit thing that i've taken yeah i guess you talk about it pretty openly like in in your set too so i mean yeah my job is the only thing i'm worried about (laughs) yeah they're not gonna let you go for a nicotine logogen no did i say that right yeah is logogen okay how was it (laughs) try it again one more time logogen how is it what no no not again once more Lozogen, lozogen. Is there a Z in it? Yeah, there's a Z. Lodges in. Lodges, How do you say? I know what it is. If I typed it, I could spell check it. I get it. Lozenges. Lozenges. Yes. That I, I think they need to rebrand those, you know, lozenges. Well, that's plural. Lozenges. How do you say it's singular? Isn't it lozenge. just a lozenge? Lozenge. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's one that, like, I didn't know I was fucking up. <laughs> I just saw your eyes when I said it. Uh, and I was like, oh, these motherfuckers, like, I know I fucked this up. What did I say wrong? <laughs> I could tell now. I could tell now. This is my favorite part of the show is teaching you the be. English language. Yeah. I'm a big dumb animal. <laughs> but you got a pretty head of hair. I, I, I'm handsome. I'm a handsome guy. Damn right. Uh, you were vaping in your sleep? Oh, yeah. I'd have it sitting next to me, and I'd be hitting it in my sleep. That's how you get popcorn lung. Get the fuck out of here. Nobody gets popcorn lung. Vaping in your sleep, you do. <laughs> one, one fucking clickbaity article on Facebook just went absolutely apeshit. Now everybody's like, nah, you're getting popcorn lung. Yeah. Nobody gets popcorn lung. I don't. I've never heard of anybody getting it. Like you'd think you would know somebody. It's not you know, with as much as they made it out to be. Yeah, I like for the most part with vaping. Like it's, it's pretty insane that they're they're starting to pass legislations and shit. But like, cigarettes are still legal. <laughs> the cigarettes are still out there and legal. We are one hundred percent positive about what those do. There's no question about it. They kill people. 
we got to take the guns first. You know, the liberals got to take the guns and then we'll take the cigarettes, you know? I just, I, I was so successful in quitting cigarettes with vaping that, and like I, I felt a huge difference from cigarettes to vaping. And then I, uh, other than when we got all fucked up for our hundredth episode, I hit yours a few times. Other than that, I haven't vaped at all since the start of COVID. And like, I feel no different. Wow. Damn. You, well, you should go back. Uh, Are you worried about popcorn? Sarah hates it. Does she? Well, it doesn't stink. It doesn't. Uh, um, it smells delicious. It smells like desserts. Some of them do. But you, like a lot of people, have a very visceral hate for it. People just fucking hate it. They don't care if there's any reason or logic behind it. Just the, the sight of seeing people vaping pisses people off so bad. Dude, I don't give a fuck. I like the cinnamon roll smelling ones that you used to have at, at work. Fruity fucking con, uh, concoctions. But there's one that oh, smells like the first time you turn your furnace on in the winter. You know? No, so, that's just when the uh, the coils go bad. No, oh, when you're vaping metals. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Nice. Um, Dave, is your is your mic on? What or are you, you recording into your computer? Uh I'm I'm linked directly into the computer. Why? Okay, it just sounded a little funny there for a minute. I don't know. It's not a big deal. Nobody pays for this show, so I was just asking, you know. Shit. We probably should have talked about this before. but I didn't you, realize it until now. Whatever. I, I was going to say, you were a little bit quiet last episode, too, or most episodes. Well, I, can, I mean, I can crank it up. Yeah, crank Get it up, crank. Dude. Is this affecting anything here, what I'm doing right now? Not really. That's why I asked if you were doing it. a little bit louder, I think. Check, check, check. Worst podcast. I'm ever. glad everybody, yeah, everybody gets to listen to us do this. It's fine. We'll we'll be good. I think I think our levels are pretty similar. So, anywho, uh, sorry to derail the fucking podcast. I know we wanted to hear about vape flavors. Well, Dave, we really want to hear us about your weekend. No, yes, my weekend. Uh, <laughs> fucking John Brown, you can't tell that kid anything. Yeah. I was texting him because I wanted to come up. I knew you were featuring. I knew John. It was his first weekend up there. And I like John a lot. The kid mm-hmm. busts his ass. I mean, he's. Uh, oh, so yeah. I was like, I was going to come up, but I went. Um, I So Saturday, my buddy, I didn't get to go to his bachelor party and his wife was away at her bachelorette party. So he was like, hey, I'm going out with my dad and my other buddy, my best man. He's like, come up. We're going to go out in Cleveland. So we go to the casino and then we go to Blue Point uh seafood restaurant downtown and then we go to christie's uh to finish the night off and it was just a typical like fat guy bachelor party um everybody just ate dick at the casino uh we went and ate my dude nick he's uh in the fantasy football league he listens uh this guy has gout like a lot like it's not going away <laughs> so but he fucking loves seafood so we went and the only place i was like oh he's like i want to get some seafood where should we go i'm gonna come up to cleveland and i googled cleveland seafood tower have you guys ever gotten a seafood tower you don't like seafood you guys I hate seafood, seafood. oh no, my god no 
So this thing, it was $165, and they bring out this fucking bowl full of, like, shrimps and mussels and clams and uh, fucking lobster and uh, crab legs and just everything. So we just fucking devoured that. We probably could have ate three of them between the four of us. Like, we're all big boys out there eating, dude. And then we got dinner. Uh, it was a great dinner, uh, great experience. And then we went to Christie's where we – you had bottle service. I don't know. It was, uh, I'm not strip club guy, so it was weird. Uh, I wonder we how much bottle, bottle service is at fucking Christie's. We bought one bottle of vodka and we got like a couch and like it had like a, a private stage and it was under $400. Which really, I mean, I was like, this isn't a bad deal at all. Cause I bought a round of shots and it was a hundred for six. Jesus. Yeah. That's why I was like, oh, we made the what right were they shots of. A tequila. I, it was probably Patron or something. I don't know. I didn't order them. I just paid for it. Well, I get Jesus. there and like I had a credit card and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take I'll take the bottle and um, whatnot. And I put it in. And like as soon as you sit down in that fucking section, dude, they flock on you. Like they probably thought we were like, you know, we owned a construction business or something. Like, we're just a bunch <laughs> of bad guys. Like, and to be fair, like Nick and his dad own a construction company. Um, and his dad comes in and he's wearing like beat up monarchs, but and he's got a long gray ponytail, shirt buttoned down to the navel. I'm doing the same. I got a shirt buttoned down to the navel, just fat guy Hawaiian shirt. These girls are just flocking us, trying to just eat all of our money immediately. And I'm like, all right, I'll pay for the bottle. And I put my credit card in and I got a big limit on this card. I wasn't even worried about it. And it just was like declined. So there's like six strippers sitting around it. Like my $400 charge with the tip on this credit card just declines. And I go, Ooh, it's going to be a long <laughs> night. I don't know if it was like a fraud thing. Like I, I had the money. I'm not fucking broke, but um, so we're sitting there and uh, the girls are coming up and I'm just like freaking out about this credit card. Like why the fuck? Where's all my money? Like, I'm texting Allison, like, I'm trying to buy a bottle at fucking Christie's, and the credit card saying it's declined. What the fuck? What happened to the credit card? Where's all the money at? Dude, what did you spend it on? And she's, like, sending me screenshots of, like, the app where it's, like, limit, you know, $5,000. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I don't know, whatever. Um, but then, you know, sadly, Allison got laid off on Thursday so like the girls were coming up to me and I'm not a big strip club guy. And they're like, come on. One girl comes up and like starts rubbing on me and she goes, come on, big daddy. Let me go upstairs and take care of you. And I go, well, actually my wife lost her job. I'm on a budget. And <laughs> no more girls. Well, one guy was bitching about how much a dance. They told him a buck 50 for 15 minutes upstairs. And he's just going, that's fucking absurd. Like he's just like, it no, is. yeah, it is. So, like, we were just basically big fucking just, you know, tight wads. And then, you know, periodically a girl would stop by. But, like, the flock went away. Like, they realized there was other guys throwing bread on the fucking water, you know, and they just left, which was nice. And we just sat and drank this bottle of vodka. And they were drinking our fucking vodka. They'd come oh, up yeah. and be like, hey, daddy. And then they start making drinks. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is I didn't know this was a part of the deal. That's that's the thing about strip clubs is like no matter what stuff you think you're spending money on, like you're supposed to still continuously 
tip and hand money to these girls. Last time I went to a strip club, I spent $37. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I spent 37 10 of it to get in, 25 yeah. on a round of Miller Lights. This was that long ago that I was still drinking Miller Lights. And then one girl ninja kicked uh, a bottle out of some dude's hand and then slipped on it. And I gave her my last two dollars. <laughs> That's it. I'm not spending any other money. I, as somebody who grew up a fat kid, I've been friend zoned enough times. I'm not gonna go and spend a bunch of money to get fucking friend zoned. Yeah, these oh, girls yeah. don't like you. I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. You know, I don't mind spending money there, but what I want to do is I want to go up there, Al Bundy. <laughs> And throw dollars at the stage. I want to just sit there and throw a couple ones. I like to play a game where I see how long I can, my dollar bill, I call it let it ride, and see how long it like stays on her body before she moves and it falls <laughs> off. So like I, I we had some pretty good games of let it ride going. Um, but like I don't I don't need a private dance. Like sexually, I don't need that, you know. So it's just kind of like a waste. I I looked at him at one point, I was like, we should have went to Lido's Lounge. That's where we should have went. We or a Hustler Club. Hustler Club, they'll, they'll put on a show. It's like naked Cirque du Soleil. I saw our girl climb up the pole like a fucking gym class rope. Monkey bar across on the rafters, which is just like, I'd imagine, all sorts of OSHA violations. I don't know if that's their domain or not. Uh, but then she goes to the other pole, locks her legs around, and then she's she's inverted. She's upside down. And then she just like loosens up a little bit and like dives down and then squeezes her thighs back together and stops herself right in front of this other girl's vagina who is just laying with her legs open, really doing none of the heavy lifting of this show. Um, and, and it was phenomenal. Like people just threw money. If I had money, I probably would have thrown it for that, but more so for the, uh, the Ringling Brothers kind of entertainment of it all. They're not they're not allowed to do that anymore because the one chick fell and died in Cleveland at Christie's. I asked about it. I asked one of the girls, I was like, Hey, do you know that girl that fell? And she goes, no, that was two years ago. I wasn't old enough to work here then. <laughs> yeah, dude. So years ago, me and my buddies went there for, we took a party bus from like Uniontown, Ohio to Cleveland for my buddy's bachelor party. And we went to Christie's and me and one of the other people in the, and the party uh, took a couple of hits of acid. And so we're weirding out all night. Uh, one of the girls does that ceiling trick. She climbs the pole to the ceiling. I think she was doing pull-ups on the rafters and then just came back down the same pole. I don't think she went across or anything, but we were outside on the patio hanging out. I had, a, you know, some girl was just sitting on my lap and she gets up and goes inside and, and we're having a good time. Me and the one kid who took the hits, we're laughing our asses off at everything. And someone goes, hey, what's that? And they point at my shorts and I look down and I've got a spot of blood on my khakis. I'm like, I'm like, I need to talk to a manager. Where is this girl? You know, she dipped like that. You know what I mean? I, you know, how is that going to? You know, how many times has that ever happened? A girl accidentally gets her period, you know, while she's working or whatever. But then, you know, the drunker I got and, you know, the more the night went on, I'm torturing people with it. I'm rubbing it on them. I'm like, look, it clot. <laughs> it's it's starting to clot in my 
in my khakis, I'm scratching it with my fingernail and like touching oh, people's God. faces and shit. Dude. <laughs> well, we were we were wilding out, and uh, I I still have the picture of it, uh, you know, of, of the khakis with the blood stain on it. I'll make sure I dig it up and send it to you so you can make it the picture for the episode. One hundred percent. It has. How to long be, right? ago did this happen? Was this pre or post Superbad? Uh, this is pre. I'm pretty. Uh, when did Superbad come out? I don't even like know. Like 2007? No, 2000. Yeah, I 2007, think, 2008. I think this was like 2011. So yeah, it was. I, yeah, it was after Superbad for sure. I was gonna say, if I, I'd feel fucking oh, ripped off it, if I saw that in Superbad. Wait a minute. It was totally after Superbad because I kept screaming, "It's Merlot." At everybody, I oh. <laughs> it's just now dawning on me for sure. Um, and there's I got like ten people that could co-sign it, but the picture speaks a thousand. You could tell it's some fucking blood on my khakis. Nobody's gotten a hand job in cargo shorts since Nam. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite strip club ever was a place in Erie, PA, called Partners. It was like on the outskirts of Erie, Pennsylvania. And it, it was it's a rough looking bunch, but the place was BYOB. So you walk in with cases of beer, drink your own shit. You could smoke in there. PA still like allows you, depending on what your uh, revenue streams, like how much of it comes from food up until at least a couple of years ago, they still might. You could just smoke cigarettes in bars. So we were smoking in there. We were drinking in there. And they didn't even have a stage. It was like a penalty box with like, a countertop around it and you'd sit there and they'd just be like lower than you. You have to like lean over and watch them do twerk moves and shit like that. <laughs> and there's this one girl who kept doing the move where she would like leg hook you around the head and then just like drive your face into her butt. And so we went like a bunch of football guys went and my one buddy, he, he's like, he's like a germaphobe. He's a very <laughs> high standards kind of dude. And like, you know, he, he kind of reminds me of Dennis Reynolds a little bit from Always Sunny. <laughs> and he's just like disgusted by everything in this place. Everything about it absolutely disgusted him. He was not attracted to the women at all. He like wanted to go, but he, you know, he was there. We, we drove him. So we just keep trying to get him into the hook zone and trick him to get in the hook zone. Finally, <laughs> we pay this girl and we like, like try to show him something on a phone and then like duck under and she just leg hooks him and drives his face right into her butt. And the look on his face and the screams he let out are priceless. He screamed. Oh, just in, in anger. He was so pissed. <laughs> I'm going to get fucking pink eye. Oh, that's great. Feel bad for his wife. Um, <laughs> well, he wasn't married at the time. He is married now. Uh, speaking of smoking and strip clubs, uh, there's when we went to Mountaineer, there were two strip clubs. There was a good one and a bad one, but the bad one had $25 all you could drink. And me and oh. my buddy were driving around with bottles in the car at the time, and we we're like, fuck yeah, dude, let's go to this shitty strip club. So we went and we're getting plowed, and the chicks are trying to take you into the back and fuck you for $200. And this girl, it, like, must have thought that because I was fat that I was going to do it or something. She wouldn't leave me alone. And then the the booths were up like two steps. 
So she's standing on the steps talking to me, and she fucking her heel slips off of one, and she falls it like hard, lands on her like shoulder blades, and we're like, oh shit, you know, half of us are laughing. I'm like, god damn it, and she's smoking a cigarette. I reach down to to help her up, you know, and she grabs my hand with the arm, the hand that she's smoking a cigarette. And she <laughs> fucking she burns me halfway up, and I let her go, and she falls again. And I'm like, I'm not helping that. I'll go, I'm not helping that bitch up again. I'm like, God damn it. You know, I don't even like being around cigarette smoke in the first place. Now I got to burn, you know, this. And then we went to the good strip club and it was a million times better. And we were all shit faced. So we were all outgoing and jovial and shit. It was, it was dope. But, uh, and then you paid people to put cigarettes out on you. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we paid $400 to go in the back. I, I was going to say, they both sound like great strip clubs to me. There was a place, and it's still there, but I don't think they do the food anymore. It's called Cheeks Gentlemen's Club. And uh, yes. if, you're ever in, if you're ever in Dayton, go like the decor, when you walk in, it looks like your uncle, your single uncle's basement. It's like wood paneling with like Earnhardt fucking neons and shit. And like old, <laughs> like pit up girls, like uh, snap on calendars, shit, like all over the walls. Old and they have a Schlitz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then they have a kitchen and they just have like a, a counter and you walk up and they have a menu. There's no prices on the menu and you can get whatever you want to eat. And all they ask is that you tip the cook. So it would be like shitty, like it'd be like shitty hamburger, cheeseburger, like mozzarella sticks was, I mean, that was the popular choice. Like you could just go up and be like $3 and get a plate of 15 fucking mozzarella sticks. Uh, for that alone, it was amazing. But yeah. You don't even need to have naked girls. Just give me a place where it, I can get $3 giant plates of mozzarella sticks or $25 all you can drink. You can send the girls home. I just, just put the game on. I'll have a great time. Yeah, right? But, I mean, the girls, I mean, there, there was, I'll say this about the girls. They weren't necessarily like Christie's type because the Christie's stripper is all one type of female. They're all, you know, skinny. Not too many boobs. Not too many boobs in there, actually. But this place had like I've seen some pretty big boobs in there. I saw a couple, but maybe like you know seven. Um, but there was a lot, <laughs> a lot of eight cups. Uh, no, but <laughs> like they had like short girls, tall girls, black girls, white girls, skinny girls, fat girls. Like they were all over the place. They had a stripper that was like China, uh, the wrestler China, jacked, jacked as fuck, and we were like, hey. We'll give you two hundred dollars if you can beat the groom in a push-up contest. And she was like, "I just got, <laughs> I just got my boobs done, or else I would smoke them." And uh, like just talking shit, and like super fun. And then there was a um, what's the fucking PC term? Um, it's is little people. Is that is that still PC? Yeah, uh, I don't want to say dwarf or midget, but she's a little person. <laughs> I think which one's which one's Who's the woke one now. I know, right? <laughs> but she had, she had great breasts, and she was super cool. And my buddy was like, yo, you work at BW3s, don't you? And she was like, yeah, I do. And she was just like all kinds of fun. Like the girls were super fun, and we, we paid them for such. I mean, and they weren't like pushy, like, oh, let's come back, daddy. They were just like having fun, bullshit, and talking shit. That's, that's the strip club I want to go to, you know? Yeah. Um, but most of them are like, if you don't spend the money, it is super quick that they just leave you alone. Like, it, oh, it's, yeah. 
and that, that I'll just say I'm I'm not here to spend money. And then a lot of times I'm I'm just left alone. One one poor soul will come over and start talking to me, and I'll I try to have a real conversation. And then they're quickly just like, "So are you spending money or not?" I'm like, "No, I, I thought I made that clear to to your cohorts." Yeah, the one girl, <laughs> the one girl's like, "Come on, daddy," and I was like. I'm on a budget. My wife just lost her job. And like <laughs> we made eye contact again. And like, I never saw her again tonight. She didn't even say anything. And she just walked away. And I was like, hi, right, you know what? Good. I'm setting the precedent. And then, Set you know, my buddy was still getting attention. So like, whatever, you know, he had fun. Um, With his but, dad there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was his dad. His dad's a wild dude, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, a, it was a good time. Uh, Shout out to Easy Construction. <laughs> Those guys are a lot of fun. You know, the best part, everybody agreed, like, the meal was the best part of the evening, though. Like, that's just, that was the group of guys I was with. And we just ate, like, pounds of seafood. So, like, I had fucking, like, seafood farts. And I was just like, stay away from me. Stay away from me. What was your bachelor party? We went to the Kentucky Derby. Oh, you went big. Yeah. We tried to go to a strip club but it was in Kentucky and uh, it was just a, uh, like they were dancing in bikinis and like, everybody's like, Oh, this is lame, whatever. And I'm like, I'm not a big strip club guy, but I have friends that are big strip club guys. And uh, they were dead set on getting me a stripper. So have you been to Cincinnati before? Are you guys familiar? So, you know, like we're like all the stadiums say, if you cross the river, it's Kentucky, but it's like basically Cincinnati still. And there's an Econo Lodge over there that's super cheap, and you can stay there. So we stayed there for the bachelor party, and we get back from the Derby. We took a bus to Louisville, came back to Cincinnati in a, a school bus. And uh, on the way back, these guys called a whore. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a stripper. Like, she was advertising as such, but, like, you could tell, like, she brought her pimp with her. And she's trying to give me a lap dance in this hotel and like do the stripper stuff. But the only like music that we had was the alarm clock radio. (laughs) 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 And she's like trying to do all this like nasty shit. And I'm just like, guys, there's a reason she was available tonight. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have to do this. Like if you were insisted on it, be sure to the cab somewhere, but this, I mean, she was 45, just you drugged out. It was, it was awful. Um, I would just love to see the process of finding the right station manually <laughs> as you're just going through all this static and then you hit like Christian rock. You're like, nah, not that. <laughs> just moving yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's exactly what it was. And it was coming in and out. I mean, it, it was awful. We put on we put on the hip hop station, you know, one oh seven nine, the drop or you know whatever it was, but it was still coming in and out because it wasn't like you set the dial like with a button like in your car, like it was like one of the little turn wheels on the side, so like it wasn't exactly ever on the station properly. Yeah, it was a mess. That's hilarious. She goes at one point. Oh my god, she goes. Uh, she's like, "Do you like Bush beer?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." And she's like, well, sit out. And she tried to dump a beer. She tried to like stand over me and dump a beer down. So it ran over her vagina or where her bush would be and have it go into my mouth. And I turned like I was getting shot at and like covered up. And I was like, no way. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not in a million years. Nope. 
but you know, you know, good for those guys for a for effort, but man, it, the execution was awful. You know, it was just great story now, but yeah, that's, um, that's so fucking funny. Did right. you do what you, what you do for your bachelor party? I kept it real small. Like, I, I definitely didn't feel right inviting a whole bunch of people to celebrate me when they weren't invited to the wedding. Um, I mean, everybody was invited out for drinks afterwards, but originally the plan was for everybody to pay for their own shit. Like, hey, if you can join us, great. If not, and my old man ended up picking up the tab anyways because he's just that kind of guy. Um, but we just like my buddy Mitch, Money Mitch, had a couple of guys over. I was like, I, I want to drink 24 beers and uh, play some drinking games and just keep it low key. And that's what we did. Fun. Fun. The, the bachelor bachelorette parties are over the top. And I was a part of the problem, but now I'm just kind of like, let's just go out and eat seafood and go to a strip club in the flats. Like, it was perfect. It really was perfect. Yeah, like I, I for somebody who is as single as long as I was and so tired of it, it's like I don't want to celebrate my last night of freedom. I don't give a shit. Like I'm, I'm pumped to be married. I'm, I'm excited to put all that dumb shit behind me. So I like, I don't need to do any of that stuff. My old man yeah. swung by, had a brought a couple ciders, and then left. <laughs> And that was that was about it. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice meal. Great meal. Blue Point. If you like seafood, check it out. It was fucking fan. Oh, I ate two pizzas as well. Two. Nice. Two full full Donato's gluten free pizzas. Knocked them out. It was amazing. Hell yeah. Was it thin crust? Yeah. I can see it. Mm-hmm. The Donato is that thin crust uh, gluten free pizza good? Oh, it's delicious. That's probably my favorite one. Interesting. What I like about them is like gluten-free pizzas most of the time, unless you're buying like the frozen ones, like the Ninja Turtle pizza maker ones. Uh, most places they'll buy like these pre-made crusts to make it on from this company called like Udi's. And they're, they only come in real small ones. So most of the places like, like uh, Pizza Hut or Papa John's Domino's, you can only get a small gluten-free pizza, but Donato's offers a medium. So I really appreciate that. I need more food. Makes sense. Well, yeah, and then <laughs> that was my weekend at the strip club. Um, so it wasn't too bad. I didn't do too bad at the casino. Um, my buddy, however, did terrible. Like I was like, dude, I could I couldn't even fathom gambling that much money. How much? Huh? We were there for forty five minutes. He was down, I think, like six hundred. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. On what? Blackjack, Slots. <laughs> blackjack, and blackjack, and uh, uh, I think he threw some money on red or something. You know what I mean? Do you guys? You don't gamble. You're not a gambler. I'm a casino like a, gambler. I'm a cheap gambler. I I don't. I've never played a table game at a casino. I I'd like to at some point, but like just seeing the minimums, like I I hate it. I don't I don't want to drop ten dollars each bet. Like I, I'll, I'll play DFS. I like that a lot. I'll do five, 10 bucks a week on that. Um, and, and then a little bit of slot machines at the casino if we go, but even that, like if I get up at all, I'm cashing out and I'm done. If I hit like 20 bucks, I'm like, this is good. I'm, I'm in. I like I'm this. In, yeah. uh, I'm done. I, I win at casinos when I go. It's one of those things where like, I just believe that I can win and I do it. Uh, when we went. Yeah, to that's Chicago, how it works. Why do you have a job then? Well, because I'm not going on. I'm saying when I go to the casino, I'm, I'm winning. Go more often. I, 
well, if I do that, then it, it, it'll, I'm sure it will affect the statistics. But when I go to the casino, I'm winning. Uh, when me and my buddy saw Segura in 2014 in Pittsburgh, we went to the casino. I won like 300 bucks in like 40 minutes. And then we were out of there, basically paid for the hotels and all of our liquor and everything. Uh, my buddy, when I went to Buffalo, I watched my buddy burn through like $1,200 in an hour and a half. And I'm just like, he's chasing a heater on a slot machine that's all digital. I'm like, dude, this is fucking electronic. Like, these are designed to fuck you. Um, Sarah's sister is good at slot machines. She is somehow good at them. They go pretty often, and she wins several hundred dollars often. She's walked away $400 up multiple times. One time, she was up a couple hundred bucks, and then they, like, announced her name in this drawing, and she got $1,000 in free play. She just constantly wins. It's insane. Yeah, dude, scared money don't make money. You just got to be, you know, I play roulette and I'll bet the thirds. Um, you know, I'll bet like the second or the third third, they pay three to one or whatever. So, you know, you turn 50 bucks into 150 real quick and then bank that money that you made and just keep placing your $50 bet. And that's how I'll build up five, $600 real quick. But then I'm out. You know, I'm not sitting. And the other thing is I don't play every spin. I don't play every hand in blackjack, which the people at the blackjack said when I was in Buffalo, I won like enough money to cover my hotel room that I just gave back to my buddy. You know, he bought the hotel room. I go here, you know, take this. And uh, I wasn't playing every hand. And the dealer was like, what are you doing? Counting cards or something? And I go, no, I just play when I feel good. I go, you can't play every hand because then you lose. I go, I'm using the secret. And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I go, if I don't feel good, I don't bet. I just wait until I feel good. And then I'll bet. And my buddy's like getting pissed. Cause I'm fucking up his cards, you know, <laughs> because on this time I'm in and I'm getting cards that he would have got, you know, it, it was all fucked up, but yeah, dude, I win when I go to this, you know, I'm not fucking giving them $600 of my money because yeah. of your metaphysical beliefs. You've never played blackjack, Brian. No. So when you're at a table, like he's like, you're fucking up my cards. Like people will get mad at you if you do not make the right calculated move. So if you hit or you don't hit when you should, and it's gambling, like it's a game and uh, they'll get like fucking pissed at you if you don't play the proper etiquette or whatever. And like, so like for years I wouldn't do it, but now I have the mentality is like, fuck you. This is a game. Sorry. It's gambling. I took a gamble. I took a risk to stay here. I took a gamble to hit. So I'm kind of over that, like feeling guilty or nervous about pissing off some fucking guy who's depending on this money. Like suck my balls, you know? Yeah. Find another table. You fucking degenerate. I spent a lot of time at the casino with uh, my bosses that ran the mortgage company and they just had money to burn. And I watched the way that he bets. And that's, that's how I bet. One time he gave me a hundred dollars and he was like, put it on this. And I'm like, all right. So I put it on there. I win 200, you know, so now I've got 300. He's like, put it on this with me. And I didn't, I was afraid. And he hit again and he goes, put it on this with me. And he hit again. And, and I'm like, dude, uh, you know, I would have walked away with like $1,400 had I just listened to him, but I was too afraid to lose the 300. So, you know, you just got to go in there with positive vibes. That's all. So that's the secret. Roulette's a fun game, though. I love. Roulette. I like playing. I like playing inside. 
Because like if you hit a number, it's like twenty-seven to one, and so like if you have it's a twenty-dollar minimum, you can put twenty bets down with a dollar chip. Is it twenty-seven or thirty-five? I thought it was thirty-five. It might. I don't know. It might be different too. I don't know. Uh, one time, my friend accidentally. This was in Mountaineer. He accidentally placed his chip in between. He was trying to bet the second and the third third. He didn't realize you couldn't do that. So putting it on that line meant he was betting double zero and double zero popped. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then the dealer slides this huge stack of chips in front of him. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, you won. He's like, that line's double zero. She goes, yeah, you can't bet both. He's like, oh, shit. You know, he won uh, probably like three or $400. Damn. Yeah, it was tight. Those zeros are, they come up more than not. I always throw some down there just, just. Just to test the waters. I've never hit though. I did. I meant to play it this weekend, and I forgot to put a chip on him, and it and it hit. And I was like, "Motherfucker, that would have paid me out." But whatever. I want to learn how to play craps. That's the game. I, I tried to play craps on like the video one, where they have real dice. Um, I thought I kind of learned the the grasp of it. I did not. I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> dude. I played crap. The first time I ever played dice craps was in the basement of a mattress store on Cocker Falls Avenue, right next to Dairy Queen. And it was a friend of a friend. It was a bunch of older dude. I was young as fuck. I had money. And the dude next to me was just teaching me. He's like, look, you can either bet with or against the person rolling. And he goes, and that's where you're going to make your money. He goes, you don't want to be the one rolling. He goes, you want to do side bets. So I, he, he showed me the ropes and shit and I won money there. I won like a hundred bucks, walked out of there. I think I was like 16 or something, 15, 16. With your coupon book money? <laughs> uh, no, that was, that was <laughs> tax deductible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been Acme money. Yeah, that was definitely Acme money. Uh, and uh, what was it? The UAW union? What, what was the union? UFCW? I think it's the UFCW. I have no idea. United Food Workers Union or something. I know mm-hmm. those the letters don't add up to what I said. I know. Nope, <laughs> I know. no, they do not. <laughs> it's one of those. Sunday, I went uh, Lazy River. Lazy River down in Cuyahoga Falls. You can get on the Cuyahoga and it moves real slow. And you go out there, it's a couple hours, and you sit on inner tube. Allison did it the weekend before. We bought tubes, so we didn't have to rent them. Um, so now I can do this for free now. Um, but she goes, it's very shaded. And she's like, you won't need sunscreen. Like, it's a shady, nice, enjoyable ride. So I go out there, take my shirt off, sit in this raft for two hours, and I get pretty much done. And I'm like, it is hot, but I didn't think there was that much sun. Dude, I am so fucking sunburnt and miserable and that's why i didn't come to hilarities i mean that's the end of the story but between between bottle service and just having this just here i'll show you guys look look how red my tits are yeah <laughs> look you can't even see my nipple it's the same color as my nipple it's the same nah. color as my nipple it hurts so bad i'm wearing this fucking foo fighters uh douchebag shirt i got at jc penny's where it gets thinner as you wash it i can't put on anything else you got the dying. white mark under your tit. Oh, oh yeah, I got white marks everywhere. There's crease marks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, 
I uh, to, to start talking about sports. Well, real quick before that, John Brown did. John Brown had great sets this weekend. His material is really good. He delivered it really well. He just like was eating some some kind of rough bullets on some of those shows. Just the, the crowds just weren't into it. Like me, everybody else in the back. John Bruton in the back. I'm just like, man, like this should all be doing much better. They, they were just dicks. Um, but overall, he, he did a great job. He's been trying. He's been talking about wanting to get a spot in there for a while. So, oh yeah, um, he. He doesn't. He is, you know, been emailing Sam regularly. He's messaging me, trying to get, you know, tips and pointers. It's it's a hard nut to crack. Um, I I definitely think that he certainly did well enough that he should get another shot at it, no doubt. Oh well, that's good, good. for him. Yeah. Um, now I don't know. You never know with Sam and his ways, but he deserves it. But uh, the rest of my Sunday to finally talk about sports on our sports podcast. Hello. Interesting. Did we lose? Did we lose Brian? Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> what time is coming back? What time? Double buns. I don't know why there's two of me. Anywho, all right. Sports. Um, I went. I went to the Guardians game on Sunday. I sat in that relentless heat for the first couple innings, and then uh, it it started pouring. It started raining pretty good, and like people were taking cover, and me and Sarah just sat there and just let it cool us off. Got soaked. Watched Tristan McKenzie pitch a real gem. Eight innings, two hits, scoreless. Eight strikeouts, and then handed over to Class A. It was beautiful. Luke Maley hit his first home run of the year. It was a great game. That's nice, dude. Uh, Reyes is now what, a cub? Yeah. I am really pretty perplexed by that. I thought uh, I thought he would do a little bit of time in AAA, kind of get his, his confidence and his mojo back. But that guy, he just he, – he, I think one of the Guardians coaches said it best. Um, he – he was trying to hit three run home runs with nobody on base. Like he was swinging as hard as he could. His strikeout rate got ridiculous. That's not what this team's trying to do. But like with that many people that are just contact hitters and high on base percentage kind of guys on in this lineup, having somebody to clean it up besides Jose, who can be streaky, especially with his power. Like I, I thought Fran Mill was, was really kind of a missing piece, but, uh, from what I understand, they asked him to lose weight, and he just kind of refused because they wanted him to be able to play right field and be able to use that DH spot to give guys like Naylor a break. And he just he, he kind of gained weight. I mean, I feel that, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I was I had really high hopes for him. I thought that there was no way they'd get rid of him because they still have a couple years of control. He has multiple 30 home run seasons under his belt. His OPS last year was higher than a whole bunch of different star players. It's like, you know, this guy has proven he can do it at the big league level. I, I just didn't understand uh, DFA and him when he he's, you know, str- I get that he's struggling this bad, but, you know, he, he can possibly bust out of it and then be a real big contributor. I guess not. Do you think the relationship just soured? Do you think he was just disgruntled and he was like, That's- fuck this? 
you know. Yeah. Another thing that I considered is maybe they, you know, you send him down to the the minors and he's like, well, fuck this. And they kind of have a track record of uh, giving guys what they want. As I understand, like, you know, everybody is going nuts about how they didn't do anything at the, the trade deadline except for that one trade for Sandy Leone. They sent him to uh, to Minnesota for some reliever. That was more so to get Sandy Leone somewhere where he could probably play more. Cause like, that's what he said he wanted and they, they obliged. So like they wanted to, you know, get this guy what he wanted and, and help his career out as you know, the catching, he was just going to keep kind of going up and down and then hitting waivers. And so they're, uh, they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll try and help you out. We'll send you somewhere that needs a catcher. And they might, might've done that with Fran Mill. Maybe he was just like, I'm not playing in the fucking minors. I'm, I'm a major league baseball player. I want to go somewhere I can play. And they're like, well, well, let's try and find something. Go ahead. Yeah. That's almost uh, like good business. You know, it's like, like with Odell, when they let Odell, like with the Browns, it's like, okay, we need to get some kind of good reputation, you know? Yeah. And then they've soured all of it. Kareem yes. Hunt's holding out now. Um, real quick, speaking of sending people to the minors, did you hear they sent mustard to the minors? I did hear this, and if if it does not play out that they sent him to the minors and then he comes back as Bertman's, then this whole thing is stupid as fuck. I'm 100% on board with that. I was posting that in all the social media stuff. It's like, call up Bertman's, call up Bertman's. This is Cleveland mustard, regular yellow mustard doesn't hack it here. Yeah, French's? Ugh. They should have a fucking Bertman's mustard hot dog that wins every single race. No question. 100% of the time, Bertman's wins. That's how it should be in this city. But it's a fucking Sugardale-sponsored thing. Fuck ketchup, by the way. I'm not a fan of ketchup. I love ketchup. Yeah, ketchup's the shit. Dude, on a hot dog, you're eating ketchup? No, I eat Bertman's. Bertman's and ketchup? Yes. No. Yes. Yes, You're an animal, Dave. I do it. Bertman's and just Bertman's. And a sprinkle of Lowry's season salt. <laughs> wow. I like I like I like the ballpark mustard. Uh I like relish. Relish doesn't get any run either. Relish should be should be able to run too. They I don't care. Make it a five person race and let Bertman smoke them. Relish is pretty good. I just I don't need it. I just need Bertman's. I'll go mustard relish if there's not ballpark mustard available. And I, I'll, I'll do ballpark mustard sometimes by itself. I put ballpark mustard on so much. Like all of my sandwiches that I make at home, everything has always has Bertman's on it. I'll do some mayo and some Bertman's. Um, I used to dip pretzels into Bertman's and just eat it like that. That shit's good. I love it. I was putting it down for that Cleveland.com thing. <laughs> I was just drinking it from the bottle i was taking shots with it that wasn't too bad actually like i you rarely tasted the mustard when you're throwing it back with like rum and shit like that <laughs> dude so I, I made you uh i made you bong a beer with a yes, squirt of, did. of mustard and some reese's pieces in it <laughs> <laughs> the reese's pieces is is really what i felt because <laughs> those those hit the back of the throat yeah is this when you were uh Doing the beer bong and the muni lot thing. Yeah, the muni lot beer bong. Yep. Did you ever get that footage put together, Dave? It was White Claw. 
Never? Never. <laughs> never. I have it. It's still going to come out. But now it's almost like it's a period piece because it was pre-pandemic where nobody gave a fuck about germs and everybody's just beer bonging off the same beer bong. I had the GoPro on the beer bong, which the footage is basically like, have you ever wanted to see what all your friends look like sucking dick? Because <laughs> you put a <laughs> GoPro on a beer bong and that's what you get. Was it just like a bunch of people in Brian Hoyer jerseys and shit? Is it that uh, old? No, this is from 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think I had tickets 2018, 2019, season, like actual season tickets. Before then, we were just buying up the $25. We would randomly be like row two of the dog pound for like 50 bucks for a couple tickets. It was tight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the days of uh, of getting those cheap, easy tickets are going to be gone for a little bit. There was a graphic going around that said the Browns had the best attendance in football. I mean, did you guys see these? Yeah, I saw that, and I really highly doubt it. Yeah, I, that's got to be bullshit, right? I've been to a lot of games where there's a lot of open seats. Didn't that didn't that graphic say home and away? May that like that has to be the saving grace is the way that Browns fans will you know travel and how many people leave Cleveland. Right. I'm pretty sure it said home and away. I think it did. How do you how do you even track that? How do you how do you track who's buying a ticket and there's a Browns fan when they're playing in fucking Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Cincinnati. I mean, they no got all the rest of our data. So, I mean, if you're a Browns fan and you buy a ticket somewhere, they're going to know, you know, it's all in the, it's all in your phone and the algorithms and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they know more about us from a marketing standpoint than we do. So. I still think it's bullshit. I, I just, I find it hard to believe. It could just be a bullshit ass graphic on the internet. Like a lot of the things that we see on a daily basis. Dude, I remember seeing this thing in college of like these uh, different personality types for consumers. And I'm like, this is all fucking, this is all bullshit. There's no way that they can just, there's not only 12 of us. I've said that about astrology for forever. There's, there's more than 12 of us out there. And then they show me this thing, a breakdown of the different kinds of people. And one just nailed me like, Wears a lot of black, likes rock and roll music, <laughs> prefers dive bars and shit. I'm like, oh, God, there's 12 of us out there. <laughs> just one of 12. All right. Uh, I think you were mentioning Cream Hunt there at one point. I mentioned it real quick. He's, he's, I guess he's doing individual drills, not team drills, and like kind of holding out for another contract. They talked to Nick Chubb, who said that, you know, that's his best friend on and off the field. He wants them to stay there, hopes that they find a way to work it out. If I were Kareem Hunt, though, Kareem Hunt signed a very club-friendly deal, a very, I'm sorry, I know I deserve less money right now because you're taking a chance on me because I did shitty things. He signed that kind of deal. And then Deshaun Watson gets the mega biggest contract ever directly after doing shitty things. And if I was Kareem Hunt, I'd be like, oh, well, Fuck you guys then. Pay me like a real running back. Right. Well, not, not only that, you had to stand on the sideline next to Chubb all season and watch Baker flail when you're, you know, two of the best running backs in the league not running the ball. Like, it, it'd be one thing if he was like, I want to be the man, 
but he probably just wants to be on the field. You know, it's, it's wild. And he deserves it. I mean, like, he was hurt a lot last year, though. Yeah. Well, you're not a big proponent of paying a running back, and you were, or no, that's Money Mitch. You were the yeah, opposite. Yeah. No, I, I, I was all about paying Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb signed a pretty friendly deal for what he is. Do, I mean, what do, do you pay? Do you pay Cream Hunt? Do you restructure and make this work? I mean, you drafted Jerome Ford, and you got Dearness Johnson, who they kept, who shown signs. I mean, to me, I mean, it almost makes sense to be like, all right, let's let's try to recoup, but you're not going to get anything for a running back on a trade market. Like, there's just a low value. I'd imagine what they're going to do is just sit tight and say, play. It's like, no, we're not going to trade you. We're not going to pay you more. Play the rest of your contract. If you hold out, it's probably not going to go well for you. And I doubt it would. I Yeah, he's not going to get big money if he walks out of here and he holds out. No. I mean, how old is he? He's got to be, what, 27 at this point? Yeah, 27, 28. You're, you're not going to get another, like, he's probably, I think he's making around $6 million this year. I can't imagine that he's going to find a contract. Yeah, he's 27 right now. Isn't his Just contract 27? Isn't his contract all like incentive? Like it's only like a million dollars guaranteed, though. I don't know. That that yeah. is typically how they work a lot of shit out, especially with a guy like him. I mean, I think you just man, the salary cap's not real, right? Isn't that what we've learned? Is that none of this is real, and they got money right now? Give them an extra three million. Who gives a fuck? People keep saying it's going to come due at some point. I don't know, man. Will it? Did you guys read the uh, Sue L. Robinson report? No, no. I I, I read kind the of, whole thing. Well, what 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 was your what was your finding? Because I mean, I've heard what they said. It's basically like, from what I gathered, is this guy's a fucking monster. But we're following the precedent, and the NFL has been just terrible over the years at penalizing guys for shitty things. So this is what I came up with: six games. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like, she didn't necessarily – I mean, she certainly didn't call him a monster. She just, like, went through, like, the the couple things that he's uh, accused of, of, like, the league things that are prohibited, which are very vague. It just says, like, you know, assault, uh, anything to, you know, harm the, the, the team image and shit like that. And she went through each one and was like, based off of what I had and the fact that he wasn't willing to testify – um, I think that there's enough evidence to think that he did do it. And then, yeah, pretty much just said, you guys have been so bad about actually penalizing anybody over the past couple of years that we can't just change the rules now as he's in trouble for it. We, we That's just not how it works. And so she, she didn't seem to want to only suspend him for six games, but six games is like more than, it's like double what anybody else has been for anything similar to him, to what he's done. It's uh. At what point do you change the? You change it, you know. Like obviously well, they they're trying to change. Yeah. They're trying to now. I guess I don't know. I was really surprised that they uh, they're trying to redo it and give them more games. I thought they were going to be happy with it. I was shocked because we've talked about it. I, I thought that like the only reason they brought her in is just so that whatever decisions made isn't their decision. They could just be like, oh, somebody else did it. What are we gonna do? But, like, they brought in this lady, and I've seen a lot of people fucking, 
online talking about, well, do you not trust the justice system or like, you know, you two grand juries, like, do you not trust the justice system? No, none of us should be trusting the justice system. <laughs> it's been dog shit for a long time. That, uh, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, uh, also, I see a lot of memes talking about how the NFL respects women so much. They hired one to make this decision and then don't agree with it. So they're now having a man do it. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. Yeah, I, I really thought this was all just like smoke and mirrors. I don't know. Dare I say the NFL is trying to clean up their image? I doubt that's the case at all, but. Nah, it's a it's a pissing match. My, it's got to be something more to it because it, like this is all just fucking ego and and flexing. Like he had to have said some shit behind closed doors, or they're just like they resent him for signing a big ass contract and then publicly shitting on owners and all the owners sticking together in their old boys club are just like, we're not gonna let this fucking kid do this. Yeah, because we've talked about this. This contract's gonna set future franchises in a fucking spiral you I know mean, i don't know because kyler murray didn't get anything close to that he got an aaron Rodgers kind of contract we'll see i mean somebody's going to ask for it i mean you know josh allen uh joe burrows <clears throat> lamar's still flaking out i mean so we'll see i don't know i don't know they, Lamar still has, doesn't have that contract, does he? That's it? what I mean. Yeah, no, he's still, That's wild. he's still out there. Yeah, I don't know if I'd pay him like that. I mean, he's good. He's an MVP. I know, I know, but man, he's one fucking move away from blowing out a knee. He's not Josh Allen. Who'd you rather have taken taking the creepiness aside, Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson, yeah. Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Maybe Lamar Jackson. He doesn't throw as well. No, he is better running. And I mean, like they've, they have done a great job of tailoring their offense to him and working with what they have instead of just kind of trying to shoehorn in. I've said it on the pound town podcast before. I think Kevin Stefanski is on the hot seat day one that Deshaun Watson steps on the, on the field. Day one. I mean, it, it, he has to be right because it's the Cleveland Brown way. His offense is all about <laughs> not catering to players. That it, it, like that's the whole philosophy is. It's not about a superstar. It's not about force feeding somebody. It's about timing, and it's about looking at what they're going to do and running these specific routes to spread the ball and to to time things up well enough to where they're just unguardable. So that's why Odell didn't do all that great. That's especially with Baker trying to force feed him and going against the philosophy, which I'd imagine is what a lot of the um, disconnect between him and Stefanski was about. And he wanted to improvise. Baker had out, outwardly said, I feel like kind of handcuffed and I want to be able to improvise. That's all Deshaun Watson does is improvise. He, he clearly does not want to run this offense that, that you've been doing. So either you completely become an entirely different minded coach or you're probably on the hot seat because they put a lot more money into Sean Watson than they did Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Uh, Baker looks like he's going to win the job in Carolina. At least he's the front runner right now. Be interesting to see week one. Um, obviously, you'd think he'd win, right? I don't think there's any chance that Sam Darnold beats him out. No. 
I don't either. They, they, they were, I saw like when the first day of camp, like Browns fans were like, look at this shit throw. Look at that shit throw. And it's like, come on, man. It, it wasn't it's that bad camp. of a throw. And people were like, oh, I'm having flashbacks. It's like, did you not watch the season? Because that was a slightly underthrown ball with another guy in the vicinity. Did you not watch the season? Baker didn't underthrow balls. Baker sailed balls. Yeah. That was his biggest problem. overthrew everything. And that's what, what's going to drive Carolina Panthers fans absolutely up the fucking wall is because especially if Christian McCaffrey's healthy and you're wanting to largely run the offense through him, Baker does really struggle with touch passes. He's, he's got that, you know, people have compared him to Brett Favre and that was the thing. Brett Favre would break people's fingers, just hurling the ball at them way harder than he needed to. And that's what Baker kind of does. So, that might be an issue for, for Christian McCaffrey with these short routes of him just not being able to throw these touch passes to him. He watched Varsity Blues a lot as a kid. Fire that fucking pigskin. <laughs> that was on TV this weekend, and I watched three minutes of it, and it was kind of my favorite three minutes of the entire movie. Where uh, The strip club? No. <laughs> it was prior to the strip club. It was waiting for everybody to come over. No. Uh, where they're having the party, and the guy's like, yeah, I played football back in 1986 here. And he's like, you want to be a video star? Or you want to be on America's Funniest Home Videos? He's like, put that pot over your head. And then he takes the baseball bat and he hits him in the nuts with it. Now all the fucking <laughs> young hot girls come over and laugh at his old fucking face living on his high school fucking relic. I loved it. That's how God, I haven't watched is. that movie in forever. That's how, that's how small town is. I mean, that movie touched my soul when it came out. I was like, this is what it was. <laughs> John Voight, you don't listen. <laughs> Do you guys ever watch Go Tigers? Oh, I read the book. And watch the movie. I don't think that there's a book. Oh no, that's uh, <laughs> that. What's the other one? What's the that's Friday Night Lights? I read Friday Night Lights. Excuse me. Friday Night Lights is like the book is a uh, you know reality based thing, and then the movie. I was such a fucking meathead that like, I, I liked the movie a lot, especially because it came out as I was doing that. Like I was a junior or senior in high school, but it was set in the eighties and everybody's wearing under armor. And that pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have those same cleats. Like this is bullshit. Um, but go tigers is about Massillon. Yeah. And it's an actual documentary and it, it's pretty fucking great. And it's insane. And like, they are bananas. They they give little kids footballs in their cribs when they're born. They just, you know, are going around talking about how they can't pass levies to give people educational shit, but they're just whatever the football team needs. Their stadium seats like 18 or 20,000 people. Um, some Texas shit. It's crazy. But there was, a, there was a kid named Ellery Moore who was like the D1 defensive player of the year. He was one of the stars of the movie. He had gotten into some trouble for like, Something we talked about last week. I think fucking around with his stepsister or something like that. Ooh. And uh, he ended up going to Kentucky. I think he played with the Browns in camp for a minute. But then in college, I was doing, I, I've talked about it before, my uh, internship with the Erie Storm Indoor Football League team. And I'll be goddamned if I'm not like doing marketing internship and there's Ellery Moore like still holding on to the football dreams, playing the lowest level of professional football possible in Erie, Pennsylvania. They used to give these guys fucking 
hot and ready's after games and these <laughs> shitty fucking locker rooms are just handing everybody a hot and ready. I'm like, oh God, these dudes don't even have health insurance. What are you all doing? <laughs> and like, it's brutal, man. <laughs> they fucking, you have to play two ways. So I think you'd be pretty fucked. Um, and they like, it's, it, it's concrete with a very thin layer of AstroTurf carpeting and then hockey boards. It is, you really get hurt. And these guys clearly don't have health insurance. So it was wild to see it. That's a documentary I think needs to be made about like low level indoor football players. But Ellery Moore was still holding on to the dream, signing autographs. There was a couple of Lima teams that did that. And there was people that would play semi-pro in Lima. I think it was like the Lima Express. I had a buddy that was coaching in green. He was coaching one of those teams. And he was just like, he was like a middle school football coach. He's like, now I'm coaching semi-pro professional football. And he's had a blast doing it. Um, He was like, we played Lima. And I was looking through the roster. And there was this kid that played football with me on it. And this kid was, though he was a big fat guy. Um, He was like taller than me, but he had the skinniest legs. He was like Humpty Dumpty. And he played in this league. And I was like, did you see number 69 out there? And he goes, oh, my God. He was like, this guy just got bulldozed every single time. (laughs) He would come to our our house and like play pickup basketball with us. And he'd always, I'm short. He'd always like, oh, fat guys to guard fat guys. And he'd try to post me up and he would lean into me like real hard. And then I would just do this thing where I just like moved out of the way and he would just fall. And like, I would do it 25 times in an afternoon, just on a <laughs> pick up backcourt and just laugh every time. He's just too dumb. One of the dumbest people I've ever met. <laughs> well, my sister listens. I won't say his full name, but it's Robert is his first name. He went by Robbie. My sister listens. And she'll know. And she knows how dumb this kid is. That's semi-pro football too, man. Uh, like I know that there's some more competitive leagues, but a lot of these leagues are just fucking everyday slapdicks putting their bodies on the line for nothing. Bodies and money, because like they call it semi-pro, but you got to put in a decent amount of your own money to buy gear. Yeah, yeah, you got to buy your own pads. Yeah. For the level, how many shoulder pads cost a bunch? Cheaping out on it's a Xbox. helmet. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Um. Did you see the guy wrap the bubble wrap around the extra padded helmets and practice? Jason Kelsey? Yeah. <laughs> That's some smart-ass shit that I would do, you know? Yeah, it is. I don't know why they're so pissed about it. Like, I think that's, like, a good measure. Like, I don't know. They're like, oh, this fucking sucks. And I'm like, they're trying to keep you from blowing your chest out with a shotgun when you're 40. Yeah. Like, you know, what are you, what are you, what are you upset about? Be happy they're not making you wear those during the game. Yeah. Uh, Some people have suggested taking the helmet off. That might actually work better if you take the helmet off because then people are a lot less likely to put everything behind something. Yeah. That's what they used to do to us. And uh, if you were leaning forward too much as as a lineman and pass protection, they'd say, take your helmet off. Oh, my God. Really? And then you'd have to pass block like that. And you're a lot more mindful of it. So you're in far more of a, a. you know, the position you're supposed to be, and you're supposed to have pretty good posture. You're not supposed to be leaning forward. You're supposed to almost throw your head back with each punch to prevent yourself from doing that. And they like, they're like, well, you'll just naturally do it. And my buddy Andre just did not change a thing. <laughs> he was 
busted wide open all on his nose. It was bleeding everywhere. And then they're just like, put your helmet back on. Put your helmet back on. We're not going to fix you. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah, I can't imagine how that works. Like, it's still a game of psychos, you know. There's going to be guys who don't give a fuck if they have a helmet on or off. But I guess they make that decision at that point, right? I, I mean, like, rugby doesn't have the same kind of problem football does because guys aren't throwing everything they have into it. Like, they hit hard, don't get me wrong. I mean, they pat themselves on the back much more than they should. But um, you take a little something off of it, and you might have a little bit better form without the helmet because your natural instincts are to protect your own head. But if you've got the helmet on, a lot of times you feel as if you're invincible and you'll throw your head first into somebody. Maybe it's an illegal hit or not, but um, there is thought behind it. And I think that probably is the most realistic thing, but nobody wants to see that. Yeah, there's no way that, that you can make that claim and be like, okay, this is going to be better. Like People are like, this yeah. is nuts, you know. It's archaic. And then you have to reteach everybody. So if they just said this year, take your helmets off, like guys aren't going to know what to do. You know what no. I mean? It, it'd have to start at the youth level and work its way up over like 20 years, but it's not a bad point. Um, real quick, the national massage fucking thing yeah. being in Cleveland this year. You can't write that shit. It's so funny. It's so Cleveland. It's so fucking Cleveland for it to be this. It, it's it's amazing. It, I, I am at a loss for words. I hope a hundred people in Watson jerseys show up. It'd be great. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there'll be something or like protests or, you know, Influencers. whatever. It, it, it'll be a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> if Twitter's any indication about how people will react to this, those people will be there in their Watson jerseys. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, that's it. Uh, do you guys got anything? Everybody missed Brian at Hilarities because it was kind of shotgun. Uh, I'll be there again this coming weekend in the side room with David Gabori. Uh, I'll be there. I got a bunch coming up there, actually. Good. Yeah. I'll. Uh, let's see. I had a screenshot of it. I'll be there. So... This coming weekend, the 11th through the 14th, September 18th, September 22nd and 23rd, October 22nd and 23rd. I'll be in Warren on um, uh, the 30th. I'll be in Warren, Ohio. Uh, I'll be in Clyde, Ohio again. Again. The Hillbilly <laughs> Winery. Yeah, they, they like me so much. They're having me back. Um, Is this the so third there time September then? September 9th. Second or time. Second time. Where are you at in Warren? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> Somebody who I don't really know very well, Kara something. Let's see. She said she was putting a flyer together, but she didn't. Um, it's not It's not the Youngstown Comedy Syndicate, guys. Barrel 33. Barrel 33 in Warren. Yeah. And then I, th- I also will be in Lorraine on the 24th at Speak of the Devil. That's Mike Farrell's show. Nice. Dave, you got a show tomorrow night, Tuesday? Tonight. 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 Oh shit. At Frank's. Yep. Sweet. So this is this this plug is not going to do anything for that. No. Nah. Um I'm too sunburned. I would come. I'm still in pain. Uh, I didn't sleep <laughs> last night. I told you I was trying <laughs> to make tits. it pop in. Uh, these red hot tits. I said I told Alice, I said I got some red hot tits today. Oh, they hurt. Uh at home Saturday night. 
Uh, Odeon Lounge, 9 o'clock. Tim Wolf versus Julia Mary. Um, there was some controversy last time. John Brown's no battling. He's a listener. Um, who else? Tim Wolf's battling for the title. I, I don't know who else is on the show. It should be a fun one. Drop D picks promo code Rubber City Comedy Festival still works. RCCF. Sure. RCCF. Mm-hmm. Buy some dick pics. Yeah. Classy ones. Yeah, not the angry, veiny ones. All right. Well, I'm going to go to Costco. Go Cleveland. See ya. Go on!